You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar in studio. We've got a lot of tech to talk today. Apple announcing their first new gadgets in three years. We'll uh, get a little into that. Uh, we'll also be uh, chatting about music. Uh, we've got a, an author uh, coming on uh, the show. Uh, his book is called The New Analog, uh, a look at uh, the aesthetics of noise in analog music and what we've lost in the transition to digital recordings. It's quite a, a heavy topic. I guess, uh, you know, for a lot of people that love the days of vinyl and uh, music before compression, uh, this is kind of an interesting topic. It, it is an interesting topic because the way that we consume music has changed so much. We're listening to it from our smartphones using services like Spotify, Apple Music, even Google Play Music. Um, but that transition, when we went from analog to digital, there's a lot of things that got lost. Like the tape hiss that you would typically hear. I would argue that's great. <laughs> well, well, some people think it's not. And, and this author, is, he's really arguing that that background noise of like the needle dropping, that little scratching the sounds, he said that was part of that experience of the music and we've lost that. So it'll be a really interesting argument to see uh, how he argues that position of why digital music is not as good as the good old days when we had analog. Also for travelers, uh, are you tired of all the high roaming charges? Uh, or data fees. Uh, we've uh, got a guest on that has a uh, a new service, a new SIM card that works in countries around the world that will bring your data costs down. So this is actually something that you need to listen to if you do any type of traveling to the U.S. or any other country for that matter. You could save uh, a truckload of money. And of course, at the end of the show, we have Christina Stoyanova with her app of the week. So Andy, uh, I don't know if you uh, watched the uh, the big Apple announcements this week. I didn't watch it, but I was on Twitter while it was going on. So I was getting the live updates as it was happening. Yeah, one of the interesting things for me was the announcement of the new Apple HomePod. Yeah. Uh, not going to be available till December uh, in the U.S. and a few other countries. I don't think there was an, really an announcement as to when it would be available in Canada. But I found the... Um, the announcement interesting on, on a few different levels. Uh, number one, just it's about time that Apple has gotten into this uh, game. Uh, and essentially what the HomePod is, is an intelligent speaker that uses their voice assistant, Siri. So if you're familiar with iPhones and iPads, you can control those devices with your voice by saying, you know, Siri, you know, how do I get to uh, the local gas station? Or Siri, what's the weather like? Uh, the HomePod will be voice controlled. It ties in with an Apple Music subscription. So you can control this uh, speaker, and it's uh, a higher-end speaker uh, in your home to play all your favorite music. So basically what Apple has done is created a product that is going to compete with Amazon Echo, Google Home, and Sonos. They're going in, all in, to take on some of the big players on on this, on the speaker front. What And like you mentioned, Mike, this is the first new product that Apple has created in the last three years. But we're starting to see a trend of Apple. Usually they were the trendsetter. They would come up with, especially when Steve Jobs was around, new products like the tablet. They really revolutionized the way people use mobile devices. But now they're just really copying what everyone else has done. And I think that's really what they're going to do in the future. And a lot of companies do this because they wait to see if something sticks in the market. And if they say, oh, this is actually working, they did it with the Apple Watch. Everyone else had watches before them, and then they get into the game. And because they're so big, they can take over a market just by that. The only worry I have on this one is the price point, $350 US. US. So that's that, like a gazillion dollars in Canadian now. I, that's going to hit up around 499 And that's Canadian for one speaker. Easy. 
Apparently, it's a good speaker. It's a good speaker. <laughs> I but hope so. it's interesting. Um, and we haven't seen these other devices up in Canada yet. Uh, the big juggernaut right now is the Amazon Echo. Yeah. And this is an intelligent speaker. Uh, you control with your voice uh, by using uh, its uh, voice assistant, Alexa, uh, to order stuff off of Amazon to play music or radio. Uh, or more so now is that they've opened up the uh, the development kit to it so that there are literally, you know, hundreds if not thousands of different manufacturers that have tied into it yeah. uh, from a connected home perspective That's so right. uh, a lot of these connected light switches and uh, electric plugs and what have you uh, they all have tie-ins to it now and Google Home is trying to do the same thing so looking at the price though Andy uh, the Apple HomePod 350 US the Amazon Echo comes in around 180 and I yeah. believe the Google Home bought $130 U.S. This is all U.S. pricing again. So it is significantly more expensive. That's because they're trying to create a great – like I don't think the Amazon Echo – anyone's going to say this is a great speaker. Like it's not no. going to compete with Sonos. No. But or any App- like – or a Bose or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. What Apple is trying to do is trying to take on the digital assistants, speakers – and the high-end speakers like the Sonos systems that everybody loves. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how that works because with Sonos, you get that multi-room experience, and you have it at your house. I love it. It's it, the best thing I've ever did. It is amazing, right? Yeah. Just be able to walk around your house, and the music is always with you because it's in every room. To do that with this Amazon um, HomePod is going to be very, very, very expensive. So yes. hopefully they will come up with maybe a little more entry-level ones in the future, but... Uh, it is about time that they did this. We don't know when Amazon Echo is going to come out in Canada, but we do now know, I don't know if you know this, the Google Home is coming on June 26. Yeah, I heard that. But I find it interesting, the um, the launch date for it. It's in December. December. For the Apple HomePod. Yeah. And so why announce it now? And I think the reason is because that category is really heating up. Amazon owns that category when it comes to an intelligent voice-activated speaker. Like down in the U.S., they're killing it because there hasn't been any competition. Google's trying to get into it now, but they're still far, far behind. So I think Apple wanted to announce something to let everyone know, all the the Apple ecosystem folks, that something is coming. Don't get a Google Home. Don't get an Amazon Alexa right now. Exactly. And I think right now they're just trying to produce a whole bunch of units, and they're going to have it right in time for Christmas. So you might be seeing HomePods under the Christmas tree this year later on. I uh, spent some time in Las Vegas this week. That's right. You were at uh, HPE Discover. Yeah. So uh, HPE, that's uh, Hewlett-Packard Enterprise. Back a few years ago, Hewlett-Packard, a lot of folks know them from the printers and, and computers and laptops. They split the company into two. So the one side still does the printers Printing. and laptops. Uh, the other side is more aimed at business and high-end business, you know, uh, big corporations, uh, governments, that uh, type of thing. So they had a big show down in Vegas. They do every year called HPE Discover, where they show off the latest technologies, uh, and they invite all their partners as well that help partner to make these things. So uh, it's kind of really kind of high-end stuff, uh, you know, how how you connect cities and, and things like that, uh, connected cars yeah. and what have you. One of the more interesting things uh, was uh, technology for connected cars. Uh, we know that there are self-driving cars now. Tesla has it. Uh, we're seeing that being built into more cars. In the next five to ten years, uh, a lot of new cars will be autonomous. You'll be able to have it drive you from point A to B without touching the steering wheel. Well, they show technologies where you could make some extra money with that. So we're familiar with ride-sharing like Uber. 
Uh, we haven't gotten Vancouver yet, but it's run in a bunch of cities. Imagine this, Andy. You've got a self-driving car, and you want to make some extra money when you're not using it. So when you get home cool. after work uh, and you know go to bed, your car can basically take off and pick up passengers on its own. Okay, that's cool. And then you know you get money uh, deposited into your account. That that isn't that be, cr- isn't that crazy? That is weird? really really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where your car is? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll have an app that you can actually see where your car is and who it's driving. Isn't that freaky? That's no, that's the future, Mike. That is but, really cool. But you know the the interesting thing is they're showing all these different technologies. The technology is all here now. It's just basically getting it into cars and creating the apps. And, you know, obviously they have to worry about the laws and regulations as well. That's well, kind of the big thing. Yeah. Like uh, if your autonomous self-driving car that's driving somebody while you're sleeping gets into an accident, whose fault is it? Like these are the, the kind of questions we have to answer before we can really see this. Because I, I'm sure the insurance companies are looking at this very, very closely. It's it's an interesting thing. Like, you know, what will that do to the whole industry? What will that do to the car industry? That's why all the big guys, uh, the Fords and Chryslers of the world, uh, GMs, um, are investing in these ride-sharing companies like uh, Lyft yep. uh, and, and also self-driving cars as well. That's why Uber is trying to make their own self-driving cars because they don't want the drivers yeah. anymore because that's a huge cost for them. That's, that's the biggest cost. And so everyone loves... Uber because they can make some money, but Uber's plan is to take the humans right out of it altogether. It, but it's going to be weird. Like in our lifetime, Andy, um, if we're going to need a taxi or an Uber in the future, uh, we could potentially be getting into a car that has no driver. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Is that freaky? I, I won't be one of the early adopters on this one. <laughs> Usually I am. I'll, I'll sit and wait for a bit. I'll see how that how that whole industry rolls out. <laughs> I know. It, it, it could be very interesting. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we still have so much more tech to talk. If you want to save money when you're traveling on your data costs on your uh, your tablet or on your phone, we have something that's so cool and so easy to use. We'll also be talking about music. Has digital killed music? Has it changed it for the better or for worse? Uh, we have uh, a great uh, author, Damon uh, Krakowski author of The New Analog, on to talk about that. Of course, App of the Week coming up later, and we'll take your calls as well uh, during the last half of the show. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. Still lots of tech to talk. Today we'll uh, be chatting about digital music uh, in the next segment. Uh, Is it better? I love the old analog days. Has uh, digital helped or hurt music? Well, we have an author on that will argue one way, I think I might argue the other. Well, it should be a very interesting conversation. We'll also be going going open line, taking your tech calls and questions, uh, and Andy's brought in a few gadgets uh, as well for Father's Day, and we'll be doing Facebook Live videos, so you can uh, actually see uh, Andy and I uh, handle some of these and, and chat about uh, some great Father Day, Father's Day tech gifts. That's right. If you uh, are still looking for a gift for your dad. We got some good tech ones here in studio. So we'll go Facebook Live later on before we go open line and kind of show you guys. So you want to get ready to go to the CKNW Facebook page uh, shortly and we'll give you the lowdown on some gift ideas. And of course, uh, App of the Week with uh, Christina. On the line right now, we've got a friend, Christian Paul. Thanks uh, for joining us today, Christian. Hey there, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, Christian uh, is uh, over at Otano Networks. They're the same folks that uh, brought us Rome Mobility, which we've talked about a number of times. Uh, uh, Rome Sims uh, work uh, very well down in the U.S. Uh, for data and talk and save you a truckload of money as compared to uh, roaming on your existing Canadian network. 
Uh, Christian, you've uh, you've got something new. It's a uh, it's a global data sim. So this not only works in the U.S., but it works in countries all around the world. Yeah, that's right. So the new service is called AOW, and uh, if you're familiar with Roamability, it works uh, similarly. It's a prepaid service, uh, as you said, works in uh, over 90 countries around the world, and uh, it's a great way to stay connected while you're abroad. I, I I love this because I hate spending so much money when I'm uh, you know roaming in in other countries. I go down to the U.S. a lot. That's why I've loved uh, Rome. Uh, mobility, but yeah, the one thing I, I wish that you guys had was something that worked in other countries. But uh, now, uh, now you do. So this is just data. It's not. Uh, it's not voice as well, like uh, your telephone line. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so with AOW, you get access to the fastest 4G LTE networks all around the world. Uh, we actually have um, access to multiple networks per country. And yeah, it's data only. So, um, you know, you get high speed data on your phone, on your uh, cellular tablet, or if you have a Wi-Fi hotspot or any device, really, that uh, that takes a SIM card, AOW can uh, keep you connected. So, Christian, if, if somebody gets one of these AOW, and I believe it stands for Always Online Wireless, if you get one of these SIMs, what's the next step? How do you get set for your, say, if you're traveling to the U.K.? Yeah, so you just grab one of our SIM cards, uh, you go online to our website, you activate it, create an account, and then you uh, basically just load it up with a plan. So what you do is you pick your country that you're traveling to, uh, you pick one of our plans, and we have a number of plans that range from uh, by the day, uh, even by the hour, or we have larger plans like one gigabyte or three gigabytes, um, you know, up to 30 days. Yeah, so you pick one of those plans, and then you can schedule exactly the date and the time you want that plan to start. So if you're traveling and you know when you're going to land in whichever country you're going to, uh, the plan starts right away as soon as you touch down, and uh, and you're up and running. And then after you're done with your plan and, and you come back home, you just keep the SIM card and you keep using it for your next trip. How does it compare to the travel plans that all the other uh, carriers have offering to their customers right now? Well, carriers have a variety of plans right now, the Canadian carriers, that is. Um, but typically, uh, when we compare, we go against their $10 a day roaming package. So uh, let's say, for example, uh, if you're going to France for 10 days, uh, at $10 a day, that's going to be $100. Uh, and that typically gives you, um, well, the, the amount of data you get access to varies. It depends on your plan and a number of other factors. Uh, compared to AOW, um, if you're going to France for 10 days and you want one gig of data, it's about $40. So $100 versus $40, AOW is a cheaper option. I like $40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, as far as the voice calling and that, that's not really a big issue anymore because pretty well every, every messaging app, be it Facebook Messenger or Skype or WhatsApp, you can make voice calls with those apps through the data. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, this is a, a common question we get. And um, a lot of people, well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. A lot of people don't make that many phone calls anymore. Uh, and they just stick to, you know, email or messaging or whatever it is. But in the odd case that you do need to make the phone call, then, uh, yeah, using one of these uh, voice over IP based apps is, uh, is, is quite easy. You know, I mean, everyone's got it on their phones, whether it's WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, FaceTime, Skype, you name it. Everyone usually uh, has at least one or two of these apps on their devices. 
Christian Autonomous Networks is a Canadian company based out in Vancouver, and AOW goes in ninety countries, ninety plus countries. Did you guys have to negotiate with the carriers in all those different countries to put this service and offer it to customers? Uh, not all. I mean, we have uh, partnerships with a number of different carriers, um, but no, we didn't negotiate ninety two different uh, different agreements. That would have that would have been quite something to do. It's a lot of emails. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, we, we have very strong partnerships with a number of carriers around the world, which, uh, let us access their networks and, um, basically bring AOW to you. You know, what's interesting, I've done a lot of traveling over the past couple of weeks. I was down in uh, Vegas, uh, this past week, the week before I was in China. Uh, I found in China though, uh, I was there with a, a group of other journalists. Uh, a lot of them had troubles getting SIM cards over there. Uh, they didn't have their roaming package on, so they just thought they could go to China and just pick up a SIM card. Uh, it's not that easy over in China. Uh, to, to, to do that. So something like this, you know, you buy before you go over uh, to a lot of those countries. You just don't have to worry anymore about all the, uh, you know, the hassle of trying to go to a local cell phone store and, and trying to figure it's very, it out. very, very convenient, yes. I, I think. Uh, so obviously they have to have an unlocked phone, uh, whether that's a phone or a tablet, Christian? That's right, yeah. you got to have an unlocked phone. And you can contact your carrier uh, to unlock your device. Uh, just give them a call. And where can people find out more information about this? Uh, you can go on the AOW website, uh, alwaysonlinewireless.com. Um, all the information is there, and uh, the SIM cards are available there and as well at, uh, at London Drugs. Very cool. Thanks for joining us, Christian. Thanks very much, guys. That was Christian Paul from uh, Otano Networks, uh, the folks behind the uh, AOW uh, SIM cards, always on line wireless. Uh, you've got to check that out if you're doing any type of uh, traveling. When we come back, is digital music better than analog, analog music or the other way around? We'll find out. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here broadcasting live across the Chorus Radio Network. Coming up, uh, we will be going Facebook Live video, so hit the CKNW Facebook page if you want to see us in all our colorful glory. Uh, Andy's brought in a few Father's Day tech gift ideas that we'll uh, be having a look at. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. We'll also be doing App of the Week with Christina, so stay tuned for that uh, as well. On the line right now, uh, we have an interesting guest. His name is Damon Krukowski. He's the author of The New Analog, a look at the aesthetics of noise in analog music and what we've lost in the transition to digital recordings. Thanks for joining us, Damon. Thanks for having me. So uh, this is kind of an interesting book. Uh, You... If I can, uh, I guess, summarize, you're arguing we've kind of lost some of the the magic in uh, our continuing quest towards digital music. Yes, well, what I think is uh, important is not really magic. Like some people think, you know, LPs just have a sort of magical, better quality than CDs. I, I actually don't argue that. But what I do feel is that we are diminishing our communications. And what I mean by that is that Noise is an aspect of our communications. If you just think about how we communicate, say, face-to-face, um, you know, you express a lot of things that aren't necessarily strictly the message or the signal as an engineer would identify them. And uh, the, some of the efficiencies of digital media really depend on identifying signal and eliminating everything else, which is noise. What my book really is just trying to point out is that noise is as communicative as signal. It may not be as efficient. It may cost us more, but it does communicate. And I think that we're losing a lot of um, the fullness, say, of our of our communications online sometimes because they don't include noise. 
Damien, when, when you say noise, what kind of noise are we, are we talking about uh, in respect to music? Well, I don't mean noisy, because uh, things can be noisy, but treated as what an engineer would call signal. So what I'm using is a definition that audio engineers use all the time, and other engineers do too, which is signal and noise. And to an engineer, signal is whatever you're paying attention to or want to be paying attention to. So if you're hearing me right now on the radio, it would be my voice. But you know, you're probably in an environment where there are lots of other sounds going on, too. And if your attention shifts and you, you, you need to hear something else in your environment, that becomes signal. And then my voice becomes noise, because noise for an engineer is everything that is not signal. So in other words, it's a constantly shifting definition. But it's something that we are, just as human beings, I think very, very good at. If you think about being, say, in a, in a, in a restaurant with friends, we're very good at shifting our attention as our attention needs uh, needs to be moved from whatever we think of as signal and whatever we think of as noise at like moment to moment. Now, digital media don't give us that flexibility as consumers. In fact, the decision between signal and noise and digital media is made long before you get a hold of the medium. It's made by engineers. It's made by platforms. It's made by corporations. It's made by others, in other words. In analog media and in face-to-face the world, uh, we ourselves decide all the time what to pay attention to and what not to. And I think even if you think of your social media uh, stream, say on Facebook, for example, Facebook does a lot of meddling and interfering with deciding for you what is important and what is not. They're constantly filtering the information. And I think what we're facing right now, really, as a culture, is a little bit of a crisis of information. We, we sort of have too much, and yet we have uh, so little that's reliable. And I think it may be traceable in some ways to this distinction of signal and noise. Kind of a, an interesting concept. So, when you know, from a music perspective, when, when did this really start uh, becoming, uh, I guess, uh, not an issue, but you know, happening? Was it the transition from vinyl to CDs? Well, the transition to digital uh, in general, yes. I mean, uh, vinyl and CDs. One is analog and one is digital. But, but in the studio itself, before you get to the format. Uh, there's been a transformation starting in the 1980s, and, and now it's really complete, pretty much, from analog media to digital for sound. And it doesn't just happen in music. It happens with your cell phone, for example. The switch from analog to digital phones has drastically changed the way you hear someone's voice on the phone. I think most everyone's familiar with this if they're old enough to remember an analog phone, which is that on an analog phone, you heard the signal of the person's voice, and you heard the noise of the environment that they were in. If they were in a noisy place, you had trouble hearing their voices. Now, digital phones, cell phones, have your voice is digitally processed, just like we do in the music studio. Your voice is digitally processed to eliminate the background and highlight only the voice. And that's why you can use them in your car, which is a very noisy environment filled with white noise. You can use them in a subway. You can use them anywhere. And that's the magic of digital, that we can uh, use media in ways that we never did before very efficiently. But if you think about listening to your friends or family or anybody else on the phone now, you really can have trouble understanding the tone of their voice. What do they mean besides their words? Are they speaking to you intimately, publicly, um, truthfully? It, it, these, are, these are clues that we get from one another from other things in our voice besides the words. We get them from the, the tone of our voice. Now, in the, in the studio, when you're making music, those are decisions you face all the time. Like if you, you record someone's vocals, you're not just trying to get their words. I mean, think, what would we be left with of rock and roll if we were just trying to get the meaning of the words, right? You're trying to get all this other thing into the vocal. You're trying to get feeling. You're trying to get 
the sound of 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 a voice that may have uh, only a small fraction of that may be what what you're getting from the lyric. You know, I can't make out Mick Jagger's lyrics most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what, I mean, one thing I point out in the book is like, what would Siri? What does Siri make of Mick Jagger? You know, it's like she has to. The machine has been programmed to only pull the language out of the out of the voice, and that's the way machines understand our voices as data. But what's happening right now, technologically, is we ourselves are being used. Uh, we're we're we are listening like machines. Our cell phones decompose our voices and reconstruct them in the same way that they're made for Siri to hear, not for our human ears to hear. Our human ears are really, really good at hearing all kinds of things that Siri can't detect, like irony. Right. And these are things that I think actually in the digital world, in our online platforms, in our audio platforms, all really across the board in our communications are being diminished uh, because they're inefficient. They create vast inefficiencies. You know, if you think about, I mean, just think about rock and roll. It's like, it's a really, it's a pretty messy genre. And uh, it's, if you, and if you think about the way that voices are treated now in pop music, there's an enormous concision and, and um, efficiency to that. You can listen to a pop song right now that's produced on your iPhone, just on the speaker on your iPhone. You get the words, right? I, I really challenge you to, to try and hear Stone's classic the same way and tell me that you can understand what he's saying. <laughs> this is fascinating stuff we're talking with Damon Krakowski author of The New Analog uh, Damon I want to thank you so much for joining us obviously there's so much more to get into uh, on this uh, topic where can people get your book oh well my book is available now in North America uh, it's published by a wonderful New York press called The New Press they're actually a non-profit but they're not a university press so they're, they're a real anomaly kind of political but of course you can go on Amazon like everywhere else alas and use the digital world, but you're you're in Canada, right? We are. You have fantastic bookstores. I was just in, I, unfortunately, not on the West Coast, but I was in Montreal and Toronto on my book tour, and uh, boy, oh boy, I saw books published in the in the U.S. in my home, my town where I live, Cambridge, Massachusetts, that I don't see on the shelves in the bookstores here, and I found them on the shelf at Type Books in Toronto. So go to your wonderful bookstores in Canada and patronize them. Don't worry, we're trying to kill those bookstores off too. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. Uh, no, yeah, well, we, they're, they're inefficient. They're noisy environments. I know, but I love them. I yeah, love them. Too. God Me bless too. them. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Damon. When we come back from the break, we're going Facebook Live. Andy's brought in some uh, some great Father's Day tech gift ideas, and of course later on. App of the Week with Christina, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy in studio here. We are going Facebook Live. Uh, if you are on Facebook, hit the CKNW Facebook page. And here we are, live <laughs> video. Got some Father's Day uh, gift ideas here, uh, Andy. This one uh, I like a lot. You can never have too many charging cables uh, for the dad in your life and his smartphones. And you and know tablets. why? Because they keep breaking. They are. So this one here I love. It's uh, from the guys uh, over at Logix, uh, available at London Drugs. This is their Piss and Connect series and Flex Steel. So this is a... A charging cable. You can get them uh, for iPhones, uh, Android phones, also USB-C as well. Uh, and I love this because I have dogs. I just got two new puppies, yeah. and they are chewing all my cables. It's wow. costing me a small fortune. Yeah, my little doggy friends try to chew this. This is like actual steel. It's virtually indestructible. Yes. You can pull a car with that. If you attach it to a car and just push it, Like that's how strong it is. I, I love this, Andy. And I'm, another, I'm going to put these all through my home. And you know what you should show the, the viewers there is that you can bend it and shape it in any way you want. So you can almost 
make your own like stand with this. Yeah, it's pretty sturdy, right? Like you could actually put your iPhone. Uh, or your Android phone, depending on which cable you got, uh, like right on top here. And look at this here. It's, look, like, it's just, it's holding it. It's yeah. holding it right up. And the whole cable is like a, a steel alloy. Yes. I love this. A steel alloy with a lot of flexibility. Yes. At how, the same time. How much? So that one, that is the Lightning one because you're using it with an iPhone. That retails for $40. You can get that at London Drugs. Or if you are on the USB C Type C, that one will cost $35. And I'm telling you, this is like the only cable you need. This thing is not going to break. Not on the tips, not anywhere. You can't. Now people are going to buy this and try to break it. Well, I, I'm going to try to break it because they said it's virtually indestructible. It oh. sounds like a good uh, stress test. Oh, I'm of getting this because of my dogs. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. You know what it is Father's Day. You can keep that one, Mike. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what else you got here? Okay. Well, you got to give your dad some good Wi-Fi. If, if, if your dad has a dead spot in the home, whether it's uh, you know on your, in your back deck, could be in the garage. Maybe your dad likes basement. The, the basement. Maybe it's like a man cave. Or the bathroom. Uh, here is the <laughs> best. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm talking I about. I know what you're you know talking, what I'm talking about. about. Yeah. This is from the folks over at TP-Link. Uh, I just want to show this to the camera here. This is called the Deco M5. Now, we're, everyone's These look like air fresheners, round they, air fresheners. Well, yeah. Let's look at these. Look how beautiful they look. These are aesthetically pleasing, but what they are, they're utilizing this new technology called mesh, mesh networking. And essentially what the, you do with these ones, and it comes in a pack of three, you, you basically... Put these around various parts in your home yeah. where you want Wi-Fi. Inside the Deco app, we'll even re recommend where you put it. So it'll say, oh, that's too far from the last one. Move it a little bit closer. And once you do this, you can essentially paint Wi-Fi, is what they say, all over your house. So there is virtually no dead spot. Very similar to what you would do if you went into an office building that has multi-floors. You have one network that works everywhere. And, and that's a big thing because when you buy extenders uh, for your home, they're great, but it sets up a second network. So yeah. then you've got to go between two different networks. And uh, this actually is the entire same network. So That's it's right. like almost roaming on your cell phone, for example. Now, there's a lot of other companies that are making these, these mesh technologies. What I like about this one from TP-Link is that it has antivirus built in at the router level. So you don't have to put antivirus on your devices anymore because it's not even going to get inside into your home. It's right at the router level. has automatic updates, so it's going to get the latest antiviruses. And that way, by not having antivirus on your device, you're not going to slow down. Because remember back in the day with Norton antivirus? Oh, had, my God. Yeah. You know how much it slowed your computer down? Yeah. Just by it's gotten a lot better, but yeah, it slowed it down dramatically. Exactly. So I've always... I've always want that protection, but now that it's at the router level, you're going to do this. You're going to have a, a good solution to have it like that. Again, it's called? It's called the Deco M5 from the folks over at TP-Link. Speaking of TP-Link, they're the ones that actually worked with us to create that smart home contest. We've been running it all summer long. It's a smart home makeover contest. You're going to get over $1,000 worth of products, whether it's smart light bulbs, uh, smart switches. It's cool. It's it's super cool. That camera, though, I got to tell you, when we tried that, that Wi-Fi camera that TP-Link has, it's a pan tilt. On your phone, you can move left, right, remotely, wherever you are. And you could check out your dogs. It has two-way audio so you can speak to them. Or your kids. Or your kids. Yes. If you catch your kids playing video games when they're supposed to do your homework, you can actually do that. The contest ends tomorrow. So if you haven't entered, you got to enter it. Just go to our Facebook page, Get Connected Media, just all one word. Search that on Facebook. Like our page. To enter the contest, you have to take a photo of your house, whether it's inside or outside, and then tell us why you want a smart home. You got to take a photo because we need to make sure you have a home before we give you a smart <laughs> home. So you take a photo. 
just give us your name, your email, and why you want a smart home, and you can enter and win. There's only a couple hundred entries, so your chances of winning are really, really good. It expires tomorrow. I encourage you to grab your phone, take a picture of your house, go to our Facebook page and upload it, and you have a chance to win $1,000 of, of smart home products. You can completely change your house, and including great, great Wi-Fi, because, of course, we're going to give you a router to solve all your Wi-Fi problems as well. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk, and, of course, uh, Christina with her app of the week. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. We are Facebook Live Video on the CKNW Facebook page. You've got to check it out. Uh, we've had a great show so far. And, of course, the best part, save for last, App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova. If you want to see what she looks like, hit the Facebook page on CKNW. Don't encourage this. <laughs> I think it's important you get your face out in the world. Well, of course, you, you do uh, the global news segments regularly uh, as well, so people can see you on global news. Thanks for uh, that, Mike. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of which, I think uh, next week you'll be on Wednesday, the Noon Hour News. Oh, well, thanks for letting me know. I, yes, I'm not going to be here. I'll be in uh, New York going to an Apple thing, learning more about Apple. Fantastic. App of the Week, what do you got? I have an app that was developed by two Simon Fraser University students, actually. Oh, it's very a local cool. local story. Here in BC. Yes, here in BC. Um, so this app will actually let you rent out your parking spot it's like airbnb for parking spots interesting so if you've got a parking spot like at your house or your apartment or condo exactly you can rent that out to people who need parking and that also helps the people who need parking because they don't need to circle the block for you know 30 minutes looking for parking it, that's a challenge in uh, a lot of downtown cores there's just never seems to be enough street parking uh, or even uh, you know lot parking uh, as well uh, so this is uh, this is neat so kind of same model as Airbnb you sign exactly. up for an account and then you can see where you, you can park with your location yeah exactly it's really cool for the residential areas in Vancouver as well because if you go up like near the Camby corridor there um, even though there's lots of street parking it is hard to get those spots sometimes so even that is uh, fair game you if you have a driveway you can rent that out that's kind of cool what kind of pricing is it all over it the really yeah it's yeah. like airbnb it really depends on the spot so as the parking uh space owner you can set whatever price you want yes. whether it's like a dollar an hour or three hundred dollars an hour yep and they're estimating that people could make you know um an extra like three to eight thousand dollars a year doing this andy i'm i'm all in although i don't know if anyone will pay to park out in no one is going to pay you to park in White Rock, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. If you're down near the beach there in White Rock, it uh, yes, gets pretty crazy. Crescent Beach is crazy. It, it is indeed. Uh, the name of the app again? At, it's called Open Spot Parking. Open Spot, developed by some uh, some BC folks. I like yeah, it. And uh, cool. Android and iPhone or just iPhone? Oh, that's a great question. Sorry, I have an iPhone and I know it's on iPhone for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, we don't know if it's on Android. I'm sure it will be. If it's not, it, it should be. Very cool. Yeah. Open spot, uh, the Airbnb of uh, parking spot finders. Yes. I like it. So you can make some uh, some money if you own some parking spots. And yep. if you need one, you check go. it out. It looks like that's all the time we have left. I want to thank Andy and Christina for coming in studio as always. And hit the Facebook page, Get Connected Media, to enter the TP Link contest for the Smart Home Makeover. See you again next time.